What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Happy Friday uh, or afternoon or evening. We're so glad to be with you Mm -hmm. today. We're reading in Ephesians chapter 2. That's right. We're in Ephesians chapter 2, and this is a boy. It's a powerful, it's a powerful, powerful book. Just to kind of give you some context as to like what's happening in this book and why Paul is writing it. He's writing this to the church in Ephesus. He had tried to get to Ephesus uh, one time and uh, in Asia Minor and the Spirit blocked him. If you remember in Acts, mm-hmm. it says like the Holy Spirit did not allow Paul to get there. And you had to wonder why. Like mm-hmm. why would God want to stop someone from going to preach the gospel? And the reason being is because Ephesus was like the pagan epicenter of witchcraft and, and the cult mm. and all kinds of divination, just bad stuff, just dark, evil stuff. And so if you read Acts, you'll notice Paul then goes on other missionary journeys where he comes up against spiritual warfare and he gets prepared for what's to come at Ephesus. And so mm. in Ephesians 2, we have this beautiful, like beautiful, beautiful reminder of how kind God is. Mm. And so at the beginning of this passage, if you're looking at your Bible right now, Uh, You see there are subtitles before different sections. The beginning of Ephesians 2 on most of the Bibles would say, Made Alive in Christ. Mm. And and Bobby, if you would, would you read Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 for us? I would, yes. (laughs) For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you, honey. You read fabulously. Mm. But what I like about that is just this picture of God's kindness, God's grace. We didn't earn our salvation. It wasn't because we're smarter than other people. It's simply because God sent his spirit. His spirit was kind enough to do a work in our heart, not only just do a new work, but to give us a new heart mm-hmm. and, and and help us to believe and accept this beautiful reality. And so yeah. when you look at the beginning of the chapter two, there's a really beautiful word play here. Mm-hmm. And in verse one, it talks about how we were all dead in our transgressions mm-hmm. and our sins. So if you think about something that's dead, think about just roadkill. That thing yeah. ain't getting up. Like it is dinner for some vulture, some crow. It's just, oh, it's dead is dead. There's no heartbeat. There's no blood movement. It's dead. And so what he's getting at here is that we were dead in our sin and Mm -hmm. we can't save ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that in the, in the Greek here, there's a word play on all these verbs. They're passive, meaning Hmm. that which is dead cannot save itself. And so Paul is trying to help paint this picture that someone from the outside, the external, has to come in mm. and basically resuscitate. You've you seen someone in a movie or maybe real life, hopefully not, but put paddles, the, the paddle boards to someone's chest and do-do, do-do, yeah. bring them back to life. If you've been at Emmanuel and I've preached this passage, I'll lay on the ground and say, like, church, I am dead in my sins. Like, yeah. someone come <laughs> get me. And I lay there until someone from the crowd comes and picks me up because this is what Paul's getting out with his imagery. <laughs> and, so, and we know that to be Jesus coming to mm-hmm. earth and that being the Holy Spirit that comes and touches our hearts, that we were dead in our sins and then God does this incredible work and he's reminding us in those verses Bobby just read mm-hmm. that by golly, God, your grace is sufficient. You are so kind. Mm-hmm. Thank you that we can't boast and say, you know what, God, you know, I'm smart enough. I I chose this and I have come to like uh, understand this based upon my own effort, my own ability, my own work. Mm-hmm. And God's like, no, 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 no. 
It's all about Jesus. Yeah. And, and I'll say one last thing to that, and then I'll turn it over to you, Bob. But why I appreciate that so much is I, I'm grateful that that understanding of Scripture takes so much of the pressure off of us mm. when it comes to having to convince somebody else that um, that that Jesus is God and mm-hmm. they need to uh, believe in it. So we're called to, to preach the gospel and to scatter the seed. But if you pay attention to what this is saying, it's the work of the Spirit in this person's heart because yeah. we're all dead in our sins and we don't have the ability to give somebody a new heart. Right. Only God can. So to think that like there might be someone in hell someday because I did not because I forgot a Bible verse or I didn't do a good enough job right. convincing them. That's so that's too much. That's more than our humanity can bear. That just mm-hmm. makes me sick to even think about. But in God's kindness and God's grace, the work of the Son and the work of the Spirit, you know, have brought us to Himself. And mm-hmm. it's like, thanks, God. That that's beautiful. Yeah. From there, Paul kind of moves to this word, encouraging them. Okay. Now that we know this, this gift that we have in Christ, let's move to unity to believe it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's kind of where I'll go is the end of the chapter where, um, you, you'll read words like uncircumcision and circumcision and, um, you know, the law, uh, before grace and, and abolishing the flesh of the law and, and all these kinds of things. And then eventually, um, you get to the end I'll read it. It's verses 19. Oh, is it through 22? Yeah. Okay. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling place in which the Holy Spirit lives. So there's this beautiful picture about how um, we're not far off from God, how we have this gift from him where he, from the beginning actually, has laid out this plan where he's told us and reminded us, I am your God, you are my people. I am your God, you belong. And now through Jesus Christ, we see the reality of the veil being torn. I think we talked about that a few podcasts ago and the significance of that and how literally we get this intimate, this conversational, this special relationship with the risen Lord uh, because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Clark, you made a good point Um, earlier when we were kind of processing this a little bit. You said, how wild is it that after Jesus rose from the dead and the women see him um, in the garden, remember he says that he says the name of Mary and Mary turns around because she recognizes his voice. Yeah. Um, What does he say after that for the disciples? Well, he says, hey, Mary, go and get my brothers. Right, and how significant is that? Yeah, he could have said, hey, go get the disciples, go get the apostles, Mary, go get Peter, Mm -hmm. go get, you know, he backstabbed me, but still go get Peter. Go get James and John. But instead he says, go get my brothers. He Mm -hmm. could have said, go get my stepbrothers, go get my cousin. I mean, go get my brothers. Like, they're they're siblings. Right. They're family. Mm -hmm. That's a huge word. Like family, because when you think about that and when you think about um, how you treat family and how you love family and how family just belongs, um, that's that's amazing that Jesus is calling us brothers and sisters. We have been adopted by his blood into this position of sonship and um, and daughtership. Is that the word? I don't know. Yeah, we'll throw it in there. But literally into these positions of authority in the heavenly kingdom because, again, of what Jesus has done. So we were laughing a little bit um, about times when we remember 
remember this. And, and you guys might know what I'm talking about. When you go over to someone's house, uh, maybe when you were in junior high or high school, and um, you come over and, you know, you take off your shoes and you go right to their fridge mm-hmm. or you go right to their couch and sit on there and you just belong. They're not your mom and they're not your dad, um, but you just belong there. And some of you might be like me, actually, where you've had experiences in, in elementary school and junior high school where you didn't belong. And you know the alienation that that causes. And you know the longing that that causes in your heart to belong. And so Jesus Christ is saying, you belong. You're mine. And from the beginning of time, I've set a plan in place to get get you back because you're my sheep and I love you. And um, step into that reality. Step into this familial relationship that I have and believe that you belong. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was... That's just a beautiful picture. Yeah. And there's lots of Bible, other Bible verses that speak to this too. And really even sometimes this comes under attack, but um, that's one of the things I hold really dear in God the Father, that he is our heavenly father mm-hmm. that we um that we take refuge in him that we go to him that he is this father and so I know that's you know a hard picture word for some people because of our earthly relationships but that's something I hold really dear that um that through the blood of Jesus Christ because of this free gift that holy spirit has enlightened our hearts that we can understand mm-hmm. and step into this relationship with father god it's amazing yeah and so with that I, I, was thinking back to Acts 16, another passage that kind of goes back to the Holy Spirit's work. And when Paul's going around and preaching the gospel, I love Acts 16, uh, verse 14. It says, one of those listening to Paul preach the gospel was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God, and the Lord opened her heart Mm -hmm. to respond to Paul's message. Mm -hmm. And again, just knowing that you have a heavenly father, he loves you, he considers you to be his family, and when there's belonging, you should feel loved. And that is who he is. So pray that you would continue to just absorb that truth. Tell yourself that truth. Memorize this truth. And uh, just know that this is this incredible gift. Right before I got up to preach my sermon two weeks ago, Bobby had made a comment to me when she said, you know, Clark, if people just lived like they're loved, we wouldn't have this problem. And I don't remember what the, the topic of the sermon oh, was. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. But... Uh, I was like, you're right. If we just lived like we're loved, we wouldn't have this insecurities and attack of all oh, these judgmental thoughts. If we live mm. like we're loved, we wouldn't have the temptation to be judgmental and attack other people because we're secure in who we are. So no, you have the Heavenly Father who loves you. You got a pastor and his wife here who love you. Pray for those listening. I'm trying to pray that God would have his will and his way with our church, with our country right now. And uh, yeah, keep reading the word, memorize it, cherish it. And I think that's all we got for you. Thanks for listening, you guys. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day.